Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. We will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. My name is Julie. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm coming to you live from Joshua Tree, California. And uh, yes, hi, yes, I'm in sticks. <laughs> and uh, that's just fine with me. I love it out here. It's just really great. Okay, so what I was like. Okay, um, I'm going to get the statistics out of the way first, okay? I've been in Overeaters Anonymous 40 years. I've been abstaining for 35 years. My top weight was 200 pounds. In this program, my was 98 pounds in this program, and I have been everything in between. Um, and uh, currently, uh, I'm maintaining an 80-pound weight loss, and um, and I eat three meals a day, generally with nothing in between, and I weigh and measure my food because I'm crazy. Okay, that's a good start. So, uh, what I was like. Um, in 1956, I was 9 pounds 11 ounces, and in 1956, that was a pretty hefty baby. Things did not go uphill from there. Um, I was an obese baby. Uh, I looked like somebody put a bicycle pump in my mouth and just blew me up. Um, my mother, God bless her soul, just uh, said I like to eat. Yeah, I sure did, especially juice, you know, high sugar stuff. So anyway, I've been on Uh, my second diet was at the age of five. And, um, you know, in those days, as it's been talked about here, which always warms my heart when people talk about Seago, Metrical, Fresca, which tasted like, I've never tasted carbonated horse piss, but I'm guessing it was close. Um, oh, yeah, a little disclaimer here. I will try to, this is a pretty classy meeting with some very classy people, and I will try and keep the language decent, but I can't make any guarantees, so that's, just a fair warning. Um, anyway, so I was one of the kids where, you know, the school nurse would come up to him and go, honey, don't you think you should lose a little weight? And I'm thinking, what? You know, I'm normal. I'm normal for my family. In my family, we were all overweight, including the dog. Even the dog had diabetes. We all had ice cream after dinner. The the um, food garbage Steam condition because nothing went down it. Nothing. It all went down us. And um, the only thing that went down in our refrigerator was lettuce, period. Um, I, was, I grew up in the time when McDonald's, Taco Bell, Jack in the Box, all the fast food places hit. And both my parents were working parents. So let me tell you, this was a great way to feed the family. You know, we would do, you know, Jack in the Box on one night, Taco Bell on another. And you know, I was not what you would call a super active kid, so I've um, I've been conscious of, of weight and losing weight, and I remember when I was a little girl, and I forgot my lunch at home, and some kid in the classroom said, hey, look at that fat lady, and I looked out the window, and it was my mom, and I remember thinking, she's not fat, that's my mom, just who we are. Uh, early on that that was not okay. And um, 
And I know that uh, my mom growing up suffered from a lot of um, girls making fun of her. So she didn't want it to happen to me. So what we did is we shamed people into recovery in my family. And so, um, you know, tried to stay on diets, but, you know, it just was pretty much a losing battle. And um, and so all through elementary school, weight was a battle. Um, when I got to be 13, um, I, for one brief shining moment, when I was in the sixth grade, I had a growth spurt. I was thin. I could eat whatever I wanted. And that lasted till 13, at which time I put on a lot of weight. And my mom cussed me out because I couldn't fit into any of my school clothes. And I remember how much I weighed and talking to me. Uh, you know, that Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. Well, that's, I didn't hear her. I just went somewhere else because I was so ashamed. Um, none of my school clothes fit. Five minutes. Five minutes. That was fine. I made up my mind that no one was going to do that to me again, so I put myself on diets. Um, and all through high school, that's what I did. I put myself on diets. And I, I'll just say a couple more real quick because I think uh, it's identification. And we're here for the newcomer. So I'm just letting you know, I flipped out of a very successful commercial weight loss program at least five times. One time in there, I lost all my weight, and I kept it off for, and I'm not exaggerating, 24 hours before I started getting all my weight back. My weight chart looked like you want your stock portfolio to look like. It was down, up higher, down, up higher, down, higher, losing weight, always getting it back with more. And always, and it never occurred to me this might be odd, that while I was on the diet losing weight, I was thinking about all the things I was going to eat when I got off that diet. So, uh, I mean, you know, it was just like I remember one time, like 17 years old, I'm really questioning, like, what am I doing? I felt like that movie uh, where Victor Mature is Samson, right? And they've got his arms tied to wild horses on either side, and they're trying to rip them apart. And I remember feeling that way, like on the one hand, God, for once in my life, I want to be freaking thin. And on the other hand, I want to go to Winchell's. I want to go to Barrow's Pizza. I want to go to Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor. Well, guess which horses won? So I also paid another program, $350 to electroshock my arm and try and convince me I don't like chocolate. There isn't enough electricity on the grid to convince me. Okay. So what happened was, uh, I heard about Overeaters Anonymous. I went once, and that was when I'd gotten back from Africa. I lost weight because I, I have dysentery. That is one method you can try. Anyway, so, and I was in the Sahara Desert where there was nothing. Other people were seeing water in the distance. I was seeing a McDonald's. It's funny, but I'm not kidding you. That was my obsession. So I got back, and I knew I would do what I always did. I was going to gain all the weight back. So I went to Overeaters Anonymous. And I lasted mm, a little while, and then I, I didn't have a sponsor, no effective mental defense against that first compulsive bite. I took it. I gained all my weight back. So I came to Overeaters Anonymous again a year later, and I was in a pair of drawstring painter's pants because that's all that would fit. I never took off makeup. I was like Queen Elizabeth. I just kept adding more layers, you know. And Step up under 
I'm sure I didn't smell great. And all I did was sit in the back of the room and watch the tears hit the tops of my shoes. I was humiliated. Overeaters Anonymous. It doesn't even have a cute name. I was just grateful you didn't weigh me in. So what happened is I started losing weight in this program. And um, I somehow, I got to one, two, three, and then I went three, two, one. Uh, the big book's in English. It's where our program is located, uh, the 12 steps. But I couldn't figure them out. I didn't have a sponsor. And uh, God help me, I was doing like one and 12. I was powerless, I thought, except now I had a scale and a food plan and over here's numbers, so maybe I'm not so powerless. And uh, I was helping others, God bless their souls. Anyway, I began compulsively overeating at an OA retreat with Bill B. and Natalie. I mean, Jesus, you know, if you're going to. And um, because I didn't have a scale and I didn't have a higher power and I began compulsively overeating. And most people were grateful that I did that because I was 98 pounds and I couldn't go up a fly stairs without being exhausted. I was wearing sweaters in the summertime in Southern California because I was freezing all the time. And uh, so anyway, uh, I remember feeling I'm miserable eating, I'm miserable not eating, and I might as well eat, and I did. So I did what a good visual would be, climbing up a high tower, going to the end of the diving board, jumping a couple times, and then diving into a pool with no water. I went out and got myself a protein bench, and I thought, I'm going to do this, and tomorrow I'll get right back on. I heard people say that. They went out, but they got right back on. Well, right back on happened two and a half years later. I put on 16 pounds in six days. I was wearing a size four. I came in the next day, I was a six. I came in the next day, I skipped eight, went right to ten. By the time I was through, I was in a uniform that I could not zip up the back. And part of that uniform was uh, to wear a black sweater with it. Well, I had to wear a black sweater in 102-degree heat because I couldn't zip up my dress. So ten, I went from – Ten minutes. Thank you. I went from 98 to 200 in less than three months. I did this in June, July, and August. And I – the only time I was stopped eating is when I went to meetings. So I was going to meetings just so I could breathe. And uh, I met a lady who was six months out of a mental institution, and we were a match, sponsor, sponsee, you betcha. And she helped me abstain that year because I got to, I tell you, you're having trouble eating and you're worried about Thanksgiving. Sit directly across from your sponsor. You will not overeat at that time. I did not. And, but I sat there watching Rod Serling in the twilight zone. And believe me, when you're detoxing off of sugar, I was right there with Rod. Uh, so, Julie, excuse me for interrupting. Uh, yes. Um, with the, you're, we're getting some interruptions. You might, just as I thought, you might turn off your videos to get a better signal for your oh, audio. I'd be happy to do that. I'm sorry you won't be able to see my lovely face, but I'll just have to do one guess. Okay, now I'm unmuted. Can you guys hear me okay? Thumb up or thumb down? Thumb yes, up. but but now your video is back. Oh, crap. As okay. much as I would love to see you. Okay, there we go. There you go. Great. So, anyway, um, so I'm in a way, and uh, I went through some sponsors, and I got a 
response to scared me, I think, is a good thing. But she had what I wanted. She'd lost 80 pounds and kept it off for five years. So I did everything she said to do. And I remember spending one day in her presence. I went to, I was going to four meetings in a day to keep from eating. One day I had to literally be in her presence because I knew if I wasn't, I'd eat. I'm not saying everybody has to do that. I'm saying that's what I had to do. I like to go to meetings where you could put away the chairs because you could throw them and they'd make a loud noise. Um, I used to fantasize about throwing chairs. See, the thing is, is once I stop eating, I start feeling, you know. And it's not just that you feel better, but you feel everything better, the bad and the good. And boy, howdy, was I a loony tick. Um, so anyway, uh, because of this program and sticking around, um, and, and she would drag me to OA events. All right. So a lot of your faces are very familiar. I was the crazy one in the audience in the back. And the one who didn't smell so good, people didn't sit by me for a while. And then they didn't sit by me because the hate radiating out of my body was so strong. People just wouldn't sit by me because it's like I had nothing to keep the anger down. And I've been angry a long time. So what happened was, is I worked the steps. <clears throat> I did what my sponsor told me to do. And I lost weight. And it's been a gradual climb back down, gradual climb back down. And um, what, okay, so that's what the disease has done to me. And what has Overeaters Anonymous done for me? Well, um, I I don't think there is, I've had for permanent recovery, it's the steps. So I've worked the steps. And here's what the program has done for me. It's enabled me to go back to school and get a degree. Something I could not do. I ate my way through college the first time, and I was so ashamed of my academic department. I did not take a diploma. This time I went back for a graduate degree, albeit in painting, but it was a degree. And um, and I graduated with honor because I was abstinent and a few other things. And um, and. I got married. I was able to stay married. I treated men like food. More is better. And it was like Georgia the jungle. You know, let go of one vine until you got a hold of another one. So um, I've been able to stay married. I was able to go to graduate school. And because of this program and a loving higher power, um, I was able to get a job. in. Nor- I moved to Northern California with my husband. He got a job at UC Berkeley. And I was able to teach art to uh, adults with developmental disabilities at Creative Growth Arts Center in Oakland, California. Uh, it's the best kept secret in the world. <laughs> Everybody in the world knows about us, but Oakland. Anyway, uh, there we are, and there I was, and it worked out great. Because I was working with people who had problems with their medication. I had problems with my medication. They were having problems facing reality. I had problems facing reality. They were having problems with their emotions. I was having problems with them. So I, we were a match. And it was the best job I ever had, and I worked there 20 years, over 20 years. And then my husband said, I'm retired. I'm 10 years older than you. What are you waiting for? So I retired from that job, moved down here to Joshua Tree, and holy mother of God. Ugh, what a difference. What a change. 15 uh, the, minutes. Thank you. The meetings were – I'll share you about one meeting. It had six people in it, and one lady liked to talk about Satan. This is difficult. She also never said I. She said we, and about what we should do. And um, I, I, um, 
in my bad moments, I wanted to tear her a new one. Uh, in my better moments, I kept my mouth shut, and I did keep my mouth shut. And what I did one day is I walked into a room full of people, and not everybody was happy and shining and abstaining. And I went into the bathroom, and I dropped to my knees, and I said, higher power, this is who I'm turning to for help. You have got to help me. You have got to show up at this meeting. And when I went out there, I realized that everybody in that meeting was doing the same thing I was doing. We were trying to save our lives. And it doesn't matter who's in the lifeboat. We were all in the lifeboat, and we were all pulling an oar. And I fell in love with those people who weren't perfect and didn't have perfect abstinence and weren't all thin and blah, 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 blah. I, I talk tolerance, but I learned it up here. And I have found meetings with people I love. Over years now, this has given me the ability to have a fellowship wherever I go. And thank God for Zoom meetings because I can see you guys and go to other meetings as well. I hope they never go away. Uh, yes, I want face-to-face meetings, but please don't take all the Zoom meetings. Why? Because they enable us to bring, you know, we talk about carrying the message. Well, what about the people who can't get out? Well, what about the people who are too old to drive at night? Well, what about people who are ill? This meeting reaches those people. People who are five and 600 pounds and don't want to go out. These meetings save lives. Okay, so um, I think I'm probably close to the end here. And I'll just say I'm still married, which, you know, is by the grace of God. And, um, and I am an artist and I'm still painting. And, um, and because of Overeaters Anonymous, I was able to take care of my mother who had Alzheimer's. My husband and I, she lived with us for five and a half years. And we took care of her. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done, swear to God, besides get abstinent. And because of this program, she was able to do what she wanted to do, which was die at home. And we were there by her bed when she did. Now, this is a lot different. I this The program has enabled me to be a person I never planned on being. Um, and it's... Uh, it's given me a way of life. I don't want to ever stop. Now, I'm going to end really fast with this last bit, okay? Um, I'm reading the traditions with some sponsees, and I love this. And since we have a visitor and stuff, I think this is good to read. So sorry to be read to, but this is it. One in uh, Tradition 5, one important reason we stick to our primary purpose in OA meetings so our groups can help us practice the 12 steps. Experience has shown we cannot keep the precious gift of our own recovery unless we give recovery away by sharing OA's message. When we focus our discussions on principles embodied in the 12 steps and traditions, we share how we found the solution to our eating problems. Through practicing these principles, we discover we carry the message to those who still suffer and ourselves as well. No matter how much recovery we have, we still need to hear the OA message. That's, I stay here because I've been in living hell. I've been dawn of the living dead. I know what it's like to eat like a wino drinks. I don't ever want to go back to that life. I don't ever want to feel the way I used to feel and live the way I used to live and look the way I used to look. I just don't. 
And that's why I do this. And that's why I come to these meetings. And that's why I share. And that's why I sponsor. And that's why I give service. And service isn't service unless it's inconvenient. So I give service and I do these things and it helps me stay abstinent a day at a time. And this really is only today. Okay. And by the way, yes, I noticed that there is a, and I'm going to use a bad word, shit ton of Easter candy out there right now. And I don't have to put it in my cart. I don't have to eat it. And I'm so grateful for that. So Overeaters Anonymous is for nothing else. Um, cause I used to eat Reese's peanut butter cups, 40 in a box, boxes at a time. Time. Thank you. So I don't do that just for today. And, uh, thank you for allowing me to share. That's it.